0: Welcome to the Skeptical Auditor Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Hernan Murdoch. Today on the show, we are joined by Chris Ward, IT Governance Expert at IT Pro TV. Chris has a long and distinguished history as a practitioner and instructor with many certifications achieved over the years. In this episode, we talk about what IT Governance is all about, the benefits of curiosity and broadening one's horizons through exploration, reading, and pursuing professional certifications. Also, the importance of communication skills for success in IT and audit. All that and more, starting now. So uh, let me start with uh, an interesting question because one of the things that I like to do is to better understand the person, right? We we spend a lot of time talking about the technical subjects and how we have this expertise and certification we'll get to some of that later. But I would like to begin by just getting to know you a little bit better and how that has influenced you. So where were you, you know, where did you grow up and how did that uh, experience uh, shape who you are today and your career?
1: I pretty much grew up in a lot of different places. Uh, I was uh, born at the Naval Academy, uh, so uh, I, I am a Navy brat. Uh, my dad was a instructor, assistant instructor at Great uh, at the Naval Academy, and then he was an actual instructor at Great Lakes uh, Naval uh, Station in just north of Chicago. So, yeah, we spent a lot of time uh, both coasts, um, you know, from California back to the East Coast. Uh, spent a lot of time, obviously, just outside of Chicago, um, but, you know, growing up, uh, you know, military family, so very familiar with, you know, you know, when we talk about governance and when we talk about policy and procedure and process, uh, obviously a very big part of what I grew up around, uh, but mostly the people. Uh, plus, my dad was a fire control uh Uh, chief petty officer. So uh, he had served in Vietnam several times. And so uh, he was always had computers around the house. Because of computers um, going in there, he actually had a chance to meet uh, uh, Rear Admiral uh, Grace Hopper, who's the one who created COBOL and some of the programming languages that we, you know, base a lot of the things that we're uh, on. So that was kind of my environment was uh, tech and IT were constantly around, uh, not only just you know, what my dad was doing, but he, you know, he brought that home. We had computers at my house. I learned how to uh, program BASIC on a uh, TRS-80, the old trash 80s that we used to call them. Uh, <laughs> died of uh, dysentery on the Oregon Trail several times, I think. You know, so that was kind of my background. And uh, basically, you know, that I think had a huge influence on, you know, eventually uh, getting into the world of broadcasting, but also then into IT and into IT training, uh, a lot of my, I would say, my personality quirks, good, better, and different, uh, all come from, you know, that kind of a background.
0: Innovation, creativity, exploration. It, it seems to me like that was probably one of those dynamics in the household, where you were encouraged, perhaps, to tinker with things. You said you you had the machines. You were uh, experimenting with programming, basic, and, uh, and and so on. So is is that part of what the household dynamic was like? Just kind of a little bit of freedom, if you will, to explore and, and try different, different things and learn different
1: things that way. Was that correct? Oh, definitely. I, I think that uh, <clears throat> you know one of the biggest things my dad always encouraged me to do. Um, and my mom uh, was to read and to find out, you know, new things, broaden my horizons. Uh, you know, the the thing that was, you know, constantly in the background was, you know, you, you've, you've been born into a world where now technology is, you know, now available. Uh, be, you know, being a Gen X, you know, guy, uh, you know, you know, we, we were the ones that, Pretty much took the internet and, and and helped create the internet and and all these things and so and, and a lot of that was just because of I think the background that you know we a lot of us that you know if you talk to people who who've done these things uh, whether they're entrepreneurial or whether they have that military background where hey uh, it doesn't work this way we got to figure out a way around that and so that was something that was I I would say constant in 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 my background anyway.
0: That's very interesting. And and as we think about uh, internal auditors, and, and uh, many of our viewers and listeners will, will probably be internal auditors, this is one of those attributes that I would like to uh, emphasize. And, and we've been talking about it up quite a bit in the profession in terms of how we need to explore and try different things, right? Even from the, the, the formal instruments that we prepare, like risk assessments and audit programs, We have, in some cases, drifted away. That's just kind of how it used to be with the traditional auditing approach, where you had all these spreadsheets and templates and different things that you will do. And it's very systematic and and, and, and prescribed in many ways. But what we have basically tried to encourage auditors to do for the last couple of decades, at least, is to be more broad thinkers as relates to to what's going on in the organization and what kinds of risks may be uh, affecting the organization's uh, prospects going forward. So from that perspective, then I think that what you just explained helps, again, feed into what we are looking for. And some of these things we can train for, but some of these things we probably need to think back about our own upbringing. And how that helps to shape the way we think. So I, I, I thank you for that. I think that was very helpful. And thank your father, too, right? Because of his encouragement and the kind of dynamics that were encouraged around your, your household. So one of the things that I would like to then know about a little bit about is how do you formally get into IT? So from that kind of organic household experimentation process, how did you then officially formally get into the IT field?
1: well you know believe it or not my life was you know being in a military family and doing that in the navy uh you know your life was pretty much planned out it was like uh, i was going to join the navy i actually had uh, application in uh, had been accepted all the way through the nrotc program was going to go to flight school i wanted to i wanted to be an astronaut i wanted i was into science i was into all those things and unfortunately when i hit my uh, uh dod physical uh, they found out something that you know we just never knew, uh, and I uh, flunked my DOD physical uh, because of a condition oh. that I had that are, I just didn't know about, and it, and it was a kind of a one of those well now what do I do I mean when your whole life is pointed to that how do you respond? In direction. In my ca- yeah it, definitely, and so in my case, uh, the other little thing that I loved was music and radio. Uh, you know, growing up outside of Chicago, uh, I know I'm aging myself here a little bit, but uh, Larry Lujak <laughs> in the morning on WLS, oh my gosh, you know, I would listen to the morning zoo, and I wanted to be like that if I ever had a chance, but, you know, so I got into broadcasting, I got into radio, and, uh, you know, wow. I had we had mutual friends that literally... know kind of welcomed me on and said hey come out to the station and just hang out and learn from us so got my degree in radio and television but because what we mentioned earlier about how we're we're in that age of discovery in it it in the you know the early 80s into the 90s just exploded where now companies it wasn't just the you know the scientists and the military and the government that had computers now businesses had computers you know finance had computers everybody had computers which which is why auditing became such a big thing. And so what we found was even in broadcasting, there was these automation systems. There were computer systems, uh, nonlinear editing systems. And so as I kind of made my way up the ranks, I had that background. I had and understood IT. I wasn't scared of it where you had, you know, the previous generation was like, you know, we're, we're just used to, you know, punching in things and doing things in these computers, they were scary and they they were kind of afraid of them, but I wasn't. So I dived in and that's how I got into management. That's how I started becoming an operations manager in in the world of that. And, um, you know, one thing about that is you have to obviously learn about software, servers, infrastructure, how things work, how do you connect things. And so, you know, working in that environment and doing those type of things uh, eventually, unfortunately, broadcasting is a is not a very stable career. Let's just put it that way, and so uh, you know when I had you know two, my two children and I lost my job again because of you know management change and oh thank you but we, we're going to bring in our own people. Um, I was actually invited to go be a uh, a voice talent for a IT learning company called KnowledgeNet, and this was out in Scottsdale okay. back in the late 90s. And so all of a sudden, it was all into the world of certification and project management and IT service management that I had been doing, but I didn't know that there were like certifications or there were there were programs that allowed you to do this. I didn't know about frameworks. Um, I was just kind of winging it, as we would say. And so the more I found that, my... You know, as we talked about, my disciplined, process-driven background just kind of latched onto that and said, wow, this, now this is important. And this is how we, as we would say, make IT better. One of the that I picked up from what you just
0: mentioned communication skills and that's again another interesting thing that we have been talking quite a bit in the profession because most people think about internal auditors and they generally navigate very rapidly towards accounting and finance, financial reporting and calculating ratios and those things are very important. We also have another major dynamic playing out in terms of compliance which of course makes sense and there's a lot happening there too. But there's a lot more to internal auditing. And we had this whole other uh, area related to IT auditing. So that was, again, very important. And we'll come to that uh, a little bit more because I'm very curious about some of your certifications. But we had integrated auditing and how we started to bring those in. And, then of course, like I was just saying, communication skills. So interesting that you also uh, spend a good amount of time Uh, strengthening those skills in in your work. So uh, let's talk about certifications because I am very interested in in, in your profile. And what I've seen is that you have, I think it's A+, and you have uh, Net Plus certifications. You have uh, ITIL, I believe as well. You have several certifications. So tell us a bit about that.
1: Well, uh, I used to say I was a certification junkie there for a while. You know, one thing about being (laughs) in IT training uh, is you have uh, you you definitely uh get a lot of certifications. I've picked up uh, quite a few over the years. Uh, obviously, the CompTIA A, Net Plus, Security Plus used to be called INET Plus uh, before it became the Cloud Plus certification back in the day. Uh, worked with uh, Cisco, so I was a Cisco certified network professional, CCMP. I also was a Cisco wireless uh, expert and so work with them there Microsoft I was an MCSE Microsoft certified system engineer and it, that was kind of like the technical side of things and uh, one thing that happened was they needed someone to teach their uh, PMP class uh, there was a you know one of the training companies I was working for would go we need someone who's got project management experience and you know to take the PMP you need to have experience and done projects Uh, And we need somebody that really is, you know, just understands that world. And so, you know, my very first project uh, was helping to bring a radio station up from the ground up. So we're talking a, you know, million-dollar-plus project project. I was 29, knew nothing of what I was supposed to do, and kind of had to learn as I went. And, and so I knew the stuff that did work and didn't work, uh, just based on the school of hard knocks. But So I got my PMP certification, and then one thing led to another, and I found out about this framework called ITIL. And uh, of course, the Information Technology Infrastructure Library, and most people just call it ITIL, which has been around for, you know, 30 plus years, you know, developed by the UK government to say, um, it's not about the tech. It's how you use the technology to produce value that matters. And so it was kind of a marriage between the two areas that I was very strong in or felt strongly about, project management or, you know, process-driven type things, and The technical side of things, you know, we have technology, how do we use this technology to bring value to our customers, whether that's internal customers, fellow employees, or whether that's those external customers that are out there that uh, are buying our products and services. And so that was kind of, you know, out of all the certifications, that was the one that it kind of. It brought everything together. It was almost like the, the light bulb went on, You know, the heavens opened up, the light you know, descends, and you're like, okay, now I see my purpose in life because this is everything that I've been training for.
0: It's interesting that you highlighted some things, and I'll come back to those points that are definitely still in my mind from what you just shared with us. So one of them is that it, among internal auditors, there are certain certifications. Historically, uh, heavily uh, weighted, uh, the CPA, Certified Public Accountant, and because back in the day, a lot of the work was accounting related and financial reporting related and focused. Over time, we have broadened the scope of internal auditors and the certified internal auditor, CIA, now looks at a lot of other things. In addition to accounting finance, also looks at operations management and uh, risk management, looking in terms of uh, economic dynamics, statistics, a lot of different other fields and topic areas that are important to running organizations effectively. We also have the CISA certification, which you've probably heard of uh, from ISACA and so on, and some of the IT auditors will get those certifications. Then we had others related to fraud. So, what we then found out is that integrating some of these skill sets became very valuable because as an internal auditor you can't just say, okay, I'm going to look at, for example, inventory, not realizing that the inventory reports that you rely on, that you're going to use to do your review, are being produced by the computer systems. And not only being produced by the systems, but you also need to understand the algorithm. How is it collecting information, calculating what it needs to calculate, and then produce the reports, who has access to it, who can review, who can view, who can change, all of those dynamics. So the systems become very important. But then again, it is not in isolation. So what you were just sharing with us in terms of how we look at some of these frameworks and how they are used and how they are usable within the organization so that we can then see the pragmatic, the applied aspect of it is so important. So let's pick up on ITIL for a moment. I'd like to later talk a bit about uh, maybe your network plus and your security plus because those topics are also very uh, much of interest to to me and to, to, to a lot of internal auditors. But let's talk about ITIL for a moment. So when we're thinking in terms of that particular framework and how we look at the organization, how it integrates systems and how it integrates into the organization's value creation activities, um, I would imagine that internal auditors can probably benefit from having that knowledge. Uh, would you believe that Will you say that that is partly something for them to consider as well?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think it's uh, very important for anyone who's going to be, you know, working in the world of auditing, especially from an IT perspective. Uh, one thing about IT service management, like we said, uh, like ITIL, for example, um, which is not the only one that's out there, but it's the most well-known, it's the most widely recognized and used. There's others like Verisim and SIAM and and several others. But with ITIL, uh, the, the neat thing is, is it takes a look at everything that is made up a part of your organization and it runs it through what they call the service value system. And in that service value system is a key thing that most auditors are going to recognize, something called governance. And so, in (laughs) in other words, as your company, as your your organization produces its strategy and produces its tactical and operational uh, processes, one thing that we always want to do is to make sure if we say we're going to do something or if we have to follow a certain, especially if you work in the world of like government or the military or some of those that are very very strictly, you know, I'll I'll use the word, it's not always a good word, but bureaucratically, you know, minded and very process driven, right? You know, Uh, you know, those things are important because as you evaluate and then direct the policies, the guidelines, the controls, there's always that monitoring on the other side, which is where the audit teams come in, whether you internally audit yourself or whether you bring in like a Deloitte or, you know, anybody anybody else out there that's, you know, KPMG, you know, some of these audit, you know, organizations that can come in from the outside and say, all right, you say this is what you're trying to do and this is what you're supposed to do. Let's run through this uh, together. And so by having an ITIL background and understanding things like value streams, understanding things like the difference between your infrastructure and platforms versus something like your software management and development. And then something that a lot of people, in fact, uh, you know, I I know at some point, you and I discussed, we'll we'll talk about my audit experience. Uh, You know, the company that we were working for where IT asset and software assets became something that almost brought an organization to its knees. And so by knowing these things and by being able to apply these things, utilizing the ITIL framework, that company recovered and actually was able to be hugely successful. And so that all ties into, if you think about it, well, how do we make sure that we're maintaining that? How do we make sure that we are following the governance that we as a, you know, whether it's the board of directors or whether it's a, I like to say, the president for life who owns the company, whoever that that upper management person is or that director uh, is, you know, how do we follow through with that? How do we do that? So I think ITIL as a, you know, I would say a framework and and as well as a certification, especially the ITIL 4 foundation, which is that introductory level would be amazingly effective for anyone in auditing.
0: Very, very good. Yes, it provides from what you're describing and what I know about it, it provides a very comprehensive, very holistic understanding of all how all of these pieces come together. And that's a very interesting dynamic within internal audit profession as well, where we're asking internal auditors to have that higher level understanding, have that strategic view of the organization. Quite often, people think about the transaction-level things that we need to look at, which is also important. But when we're thinking about risk and where we can add value, we also need to think higher level. And strategic dynamics definitely play a very important role. And one of the things that you highlighted just kind of in passing, but I also picked up on that, was how dynamics at the strategic level can bring the organization down. So when we're thinking about what auditors do, you cannot just look at transactions. You need to understand how the big picture also plays a role in the success or failure of the organization, because if it fails at that high level, then nothing else really matters. So all of these things are very important. You mentioned PMP as well, and that's another interesting thing, because in my experience working for different organizations, I was an auditor in in insurance, I also worked for professional service organizations, Over the years, auditing, manufacturing, transportation, telecom, utilities, and several others, including government. And we had within our organization, and several of them that I worked over the years, we had several people who are certified PMPs. And this was very, very helpful. And I was able to see that when we're auditing, for example, construction projects and various things like those where that expertise was very, very valuable in helping to better understand what was happening, what was not happening, what should be happening, and how we can make recommendations to help them out to be more successful. So that is definitely an important piece there. So uh, that's very helpful to us. One of the things I would like to to ask you about, and you mentioned governance, and that's a very hot topic these days as well. So when we're talking about ITIL and some of these other certifications, in a broader sense as well. So what is IT governance? and what is not IT governance? Are
1: there any misconceptions that we need to know about? IT governance really is the leadership and the organizational structure from usually whatever your executive team is, setting out the directions, the policies, the guidelines of how an organization is gonna fulfill its vision and its strategy. And I mean, that's, the, that's, I would say, the big high level. Now, of course, when you start breaking that down into the other levels, in which I, I love what you said, Dr. Hennan, about the, uh, you know, that auditors should look at it from a strategic standpoint as well. A big thing in both project management and ITIL is this whole concept of what they call STO, strategic tactical to operational and that governance in other words the how we do what we said we're going to do and then make sure that we stick to what we said we're going to do is a an area where a lot of companies if they're not doing it correctly or if they're not keeping an eye on it monitoring and evaluating how they've you know put these things in place and being willing to adjust as necessary once they as they're company matures or the organization matures, the industry matures, the market, I mean, you know, any of those areas, how can you pivot and respond to that? Well, if you have good IT governance set in motion with a team of people that are constantly bringing in auditors saying, okay, number one, are we doing what we said we are? And do you see areas that we can perhaps uh, change or adapt or we need to adjust because it might be an area of expertise, I know one thing um, that you know, especially in the area of finance. Uh, you know, I'll never forget you know my first introduction to Sarbanes Oxley, and uh, you know what we had to do to help make sure that the finance teams were able to communicate, store, and provide information in ways that follow standard you know processes. Uh, was a big shock to many of the people in the accounting and finance team. So, you know, those are things that I think with IT governance, by having that overarching responsibility, uh, establishment of policy, and then making sure we stick to it, that's what IT governance is.
0: A big thank you to Chris for his time and for sharing his insight with us. If you're looking for more ways to stay ahead of the curve, and earn CPEs. Check out Audit Pro TV on demand, subscription learning for auditors by auditors. Visit acilearning.com/slash/AuditProTV.